Welcome to the How Did You Get Into That podcast. Each week, we want to bring you an inspiring interview or encouraging message to help you find and do work you love. Now, here's your host, Grant Baldwin. What is up, my friends? Welcome back to another episode of How Did You Get Into That? My name is Grant, and it is great to have you here with us today. We are we are in the fall. It is autumn here, as some like to refer to it here, at least in the U.S. I don't know where you're at in the world, but I know this. I know we got people from literally, literally all over the globe. So it's always really cool to have you tuning in wherever you are, whatever you may be up to. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for putting us in your earbuds. Maybe you're driving down the road. Maybe you're on a plane. Maybe you're cooking dinner or at the gym. Glad you're here. Really do appreciate it. Got a great guest for you today. We've got Josh Altman, and uh, Josh is the star of the Bravo TV show Million Dollar Listing Los Angeles, where basically he's a high end realtor and he just does these colossal deals. And in fact, my wife and I, we've been watching the show for a couple of years. So it's cool to have him on the show and to hear kind of how he got into real estate. So if you're interested in real estate, and especially if you're interested in just doing business on a bigger scale, it's interesting to hear his story journey, how he hustled, how he's built what he's got and how he's uh, building his real estate and beyond just real estate, but speaking and publishing his overall empire. So interesting, fascinating story. So uh, I think you're going to enjoy this. Also, make sure that you stick around for the bonus round. If you are interested in real estate, Josh and I, we talk for a few extra minutes about Someone who may be interested in real estate, how they could go about getting into it, some of those early steps that they want to consider and take. So definitely check that out. You can download that for free over at grandbaldwin.com slash podcast or go directly to the show notes page for this episode. And you can do that by clicking on the link at the top of the show notes. Oftentimes, if you're listening to this in an app, depending on what the app is, you should be able to find the link in the show notes right there. So just click on that and it'll take you right to where you need to go. So without any further delay ado, let's get right into it. Here's my chit-chat conversation with Josh Altman. Enjoy. What is up, my friends? Welcome back to another episode of How Did You Get Into That? Today, we are joined by Josh Altman who is a speaker, realtor, author, TV dude, like just all around. He's just got his hand in a bunch of stuff. So Josh, what's up, man? Welcome to the show. How are you? Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. All right. So uh, I'm most familiar with you from the TV show, Million Dollar Listing on Bravo, which people need to tune into. It's a very interesting, fascinating show, whether you're into real estate or not. So in addition to that, you are a realtor, but you got your hand in a lot of stuff. So give us a snapshot and overview of what your business is like today. Sure. Uh, it's busy, that's for sure. So I run a company called the Altman Brothers, which uh, sells high-end real estate in Los Angeles. My partner is my brother, Matt. We sell about 350 to $400 million a year in high-end residential. We're talking, you know, the elite of the elite, 10, 15, 20, 40, 50, $80 million homes. And because of that, we were asked to be on a show called Million Dollar Listing on Bravo, which follows us around 10 months out of the year, filming some of our deals that get done. That plays in, I think, over 100 countries. Because of that, it's opened up a lot of other businesses, which I travel around. I do speaking engagements. I speak to other realtors and entrepreneurs as well on how to build your business, how to become successful, that type of stuff, which has also opened doors to a mentoring business, which I have coming out this month, which I'm excited about, and most importantly, the book which has taken me years to do. And, and I finally finished it, a book through HarperCollins called It's Your Move. So we got a lot going on, but it all kind of feeds the animal of real estate that we live by. How do you divide up your time, given that you've got so much going on? Because I think there's a lot of people listening that are 
I think we all have different interests and man, I'd love to do a book and I'd love to do speaking and I'd love to do real estate and I'd love to do mentoring and I'd love to do coaching. I'd love to just do all this stuff. But the reality is, is we all have the same amount of time in a day or a week. So how do you manage to pull that off? Yeah. So it's, you got to work smarter, not harder. That's for sure. You got to be committed and you really got to divide your time up right and not a lot of time to waste. People told me that recently over the past few years, I started talking faster. (laughs) Maybe that's it. But no, look, at the end of the day, you got to figure out what's important to the business and what you're trying to accomplish. And then you got to make that list of priorities. It all kind of falls into the same category, but you got to do that what I'm doing, which is real estate. But it's difficult. Let me tell you, it's something that I struggle with. You got to have a personal life as well. And even my personal life at this point is on TV. So it's all one big blurred line. But I'll be honest with you, there's something I've been struggling with, it, which is balance. Because I came from a family where I grew up where you work hard. And if there's something good going on, you better hit hard while it's hot. And, you know, at the end of the day, great, I'm on a TV show. But, you know, I was a successful realtor before that. And I'll continue being successful in real estate after that. But right now, I do recognize that there's an opportunity where I'm in front of a lot of people. I can make a difference in a lot of people's lives. And so that's kind of why I'm just 24-7 at this point. I'm always on. I'm 110%. You know, there's, of course, there's a lot of lack of sleep, but you got to push hard because at one day, it's not going to be this busy. Well, and I think that's a, you bring up a great point there that that's one thing I talk a lot about as a speaker, that who you are is more important than what you do. So if you sell, you know, whatever volume of real estate and if you sell X number of books and if you make a big dent in the world, but you're like you're a shell of a human being, then it's just not worth it. So how do you kind of balance that drive and that ambition with like, I want to like be a healthy, normal, like sane person versus like I've crushed it in business, but I'm just like, I'm just dying inside. How do you kind of balance that? Well, okay, you got to realize I spend a lot of time in my car driving some of the wealthiest and and most intelligent and and successful people in the world around looking at houses. And, you know, I spend that time when I'm with them, I spend it picking their brain and, and learning how they got to where they are and how they're being successful themselves. And, you know, the common denominator is that they love what they do. They're passionate about what they do. I think that's the number one rule to success. Look, If you take the money away or anything away from me, as long as I still have real estate, I'm going to be happy. I'm that type of person who does have more fun closing a deal or looking at houses than I do sitting on a beach. That's just the way that I'm personally wired. And I think it helps because of the love that I have for real estate. I'd rather be doing that than anything else in the world. And because of that, that's allowed me to push the limits of working 24-7 because I don't feel like I'm working I feel like I'm accomplishing and I'm doing something that I love. And I think that's important. And I think that's the the number one thing that all these successful people talk about. As you can tell when they talk about how they got to where they are or how they're doing what they're doing, it's because they're passionate about that. And if you're, you know, in a job that you don't like, look, I'm not telling you to leave your job and go start something else because in reality, we got to pay bills and stuff. But what I am saying is find out about that job that you don't like. Find something that you do like. What is it that you love? What is that 10 minutes every day that you love about that job? And feed off of that to get you to the next one. So do you think that, all right, so someone's listening to the job or listening to this show right now and they're, they're going, all right, again, Josh is great. This sounds wonderful. You're on a show. You've got a book deal. You do a lot of speaking. That's easy. But like, you don't understand my life. You don't understand what's going on in my world. You don't understand like my boss is a jerk. I hate my life. So what would be like some of those next steps in terms of just transitioning from this business, this career, this life that I hate into something that I really enjoy? 
Well, let me tell you this. Let me give you a little background on who I am so you guys don't just think of me as some guy who's on TV who sells a billion and a half dollars of real estate. I moved out to L.A. about 12 years ago. I didn't have two dimes to rub together. I literally lived in a fraternity house on a couch, and I wasn't even part of the fraternity, but it was the only <laughs> place that I could afford because I knew a friend who was in it. Okay, I worked in the mailroom for a year and a half making $7.50 an hour. I didn't have a car, so I rollerbladed to my mailroom job every morning. So that's where I started. So everybody's got a tough start at some point, or a majority of the people do, but you've got to work your way up. Within a year and a half of being in that mailroom, I had saved $5,000 to my name. It was every cent I had in my life. What I did with that 5000 was I took a risk. And when I was in that mailroom talking to all the successful people in the company that I was delivering mail to, the common denominator of what everybody was doing on the side and making money was everybody was making money in real estate. So I learned about it. I studied it. I took all the money I had, which was $5,000, and that was the time when you could buy a house with 100% financing. And I went out and I bought a $400,000 condo. Okay. I bought that condo. I took a risk. I spent everything I had. Every week I made a paycheck. I would do something else to the condo. If I got a paycheck, then the next week I would change a fixture out. I got another paycheck. I'd go buy a new appliance. I got another paycheck to paint the house. After about six months, I put it back on the market. I ended up making $200,000. At that point, my life had changed. I realized, number one, I wanted to be in real estate. I loved it. I loved the thrill of it. I loved the potential of the amount of money that I could make. Two, I loved the point that I was my own boss. And three, you know, growing up, I had always looked at houses, and it was something that I was interested in. I just didn't realize the potential of it. That is how I got to where I am today. And, of course, I rolled those flips. I ended up doing dozens of flips. Then I learned the mortgage business. I owned the mortgage company. Everything was going well. And then I lost everything come 2008. Every cent I made, which was I became a millionaire by the age of 26, by the age of 26 and a half, I lost everything when the economy collapsed. So here I am again with nothing, except that this time I've already tasted the good life. I already lived in a $3 million house. I had every sports car I wanted, and it was all taken away from me. It was a very difficult time in my life, but what was important was how I bounced back because, trust me, I was depressed. I was in a tough space. I didn't know what my next move was going to be, which is why I came up with the title of my book, It's Your Move. And I realized that because I love real estate, I financed it. I flipped it. Now I want to represent it. And I started in real estate in the worst time ever in 2008. First six months, I didn't sell one thing, but I was the first one in the office, the last one to leave. I walked up and down the Hollywood Hills knocking on doors until literally I had no soles left on my shoes and I had bloody knuckles by the end of the day. I pushed, I went out there, I took what I wanted, and slowly I worked my way up. And now, of course, we sell about $400 million a year. Nice. All right, so you covered a lot of ground there. Let's backtrack a little bit. You said you moved out to L.A. about 12 years ago. Uh, where were you from originally? Born and raised Boston, Massachusetts. Nice. All right, so why the move cross-country? Opportunity. I felt like there was going to be more opportunity out here, and I also wanted to live with my brother, who was my best friend. So it was something where if I was ever going to partner, we always had ideas growing up of, you know, how are we going to be successful? Whatever we're going to do, we'll do it together. So that was it. I moved out here, and, and you know, we crashed together. Nice. What was life like growing up? What did your parents do? My dad's a gynecologist, comes from a very hardworking family. His father was... 85 years old, still went to the office every day, very, very old school, very by the book, very, 
if you want to be successful, go out and get it, and you have to earn every penny, nothing ever given to you. So that was kind of the mentality that I was brought up. And that East Coast, very aggressive mentality. You know, my parents are still together, great support team, and always supportive in what I do, except if you want to laugh, when I called my parents and I asked if I should do this reality show about real estate, and my mom says, no way. (laughs) She says, reality shows are not ever good for business, and you shouldn't do it. You've worked so hard and lost everything and worked so hard again and got to where you are now. Don't do it. And that was about five years ago. And let me tell you, I'm glad I didn't listen to her on that one because I usually did listen to my parents. We'll come back to that. All right, so you head out to L.A. Is the plan just like, all right, I just want to hang out with my brother. We'll kind of figure it out as we go. Or is in the back of your mind, like, I'm intrigued by real estate. There seems to be an opportunity out there. Or is it just like, I'm not necessarily looking for a real estate opportunity. I'm just looking for any opportunity, kind of a fresh start, clean slate. So what was kind of the mindset going out there? I am looking for any way on the planet to make money. If I told you the jobs that we did, you would laugh. And they range from working at art shows to on Valentine's Day deciding to borrow money from friends because I wanted to open up a rose pop-up shop because I thought that if I sold roses on Valentine's Day, I'd make a ton of money. Well, they don't tell you that roses die three days later and that you can't keep any of the inventory and then whatever you don't sell is done. So I lost money there. Let's see, I worked as an assistant to four different producers that I kept on getting fired from. I was doing literally anything that I had to do to survive. And, you know, at that point, of course, I love real estate, but, you know, it wasn't an immediate thing. I wasn't making money at that point. So it was just a survival mode, which I think a lot of people listening to this probably can understand. But those times and those survival modes and the things I learned during those times have gotten me to where I am today. And, you know, I was talking about when I was in the mortgage business, I joined the company that promised me the best leads. And I sat down at my first day at the mortgage business and I asked for the leads and my boss comes over and he drops a phone book on my desk. And I go, what's this? He goes, Josh, everybody's a lead. Start our calling. And that was the first time I started calling out of the phone book from A to Z. And what I, you know, everything I learned on the way up, I still use today. You know, I learned at that time to embrace rejection because everybody hung up on me every second of the day. I learned how to have tough skin because people would call me names when I called them on the phone at the wrong hour. You know, all these little things, and, and I talk about this a lot in my book, have gotten me to where I am to a point where now I have something that's called calculated confidence and where I can go into a room and I can knock it out of a park every time. Nice. All right. So you head out to LA, you're out there for a little bit, just like, just trying to make ends meet, want to eat, live indoors, normal American things, but you're intrigued by real estate. How long were you in LA before you did that first condo deal for 400,000? Oh, I was there for about, I want to say around two years, I think two and a half years. All right. So that's kind of what I was getting. I was like two, two and a half years. I mean, that's a long period of time to just kind of be like, just figuring it out. So like, were there points, were there moments where you're just like, I have made a horrible life decision. This sucks. What am I doing out here? Let's just go back to Boston. Let's move in with mom and just kind of like lick our wounds or what keeps you going for two years as you're just struggling, trying to figure it out? The dream, (laughs) the dream keeps me going. You know, I moved out here to pursue my dream and be successful in Los Angeles, California. You know, I always watched those shows growing up. That's where I wanted to be. The sun, the mansions, the fancy cars, and I wasn't going to go home. There was no way I was going to go home. And were there difficult times? Yeah, absolutely. Were there times I just wanted to throw in my hat? Yeah. 
But one, I had my brother who helped motivate me, and we continued to motivate each other. But also, it was just, you know, L.A. is one of those places where everybody comes out to pursue their dreams. And, you know, two years of not knowing what you're going to do or three years, that's not very long in the long run. So it's important that when you are down and you get frustrated, you realize this is not, you know, you can't think of it as a get-rich-quick thing. You're in it for the long run, and it's going to take you a bunch of jobs to figure out what you want to do. It took me a bunch, and it will take everybody. You can't just, you know, look at jobs and as, you know, stepping stones and opportunities to get you to your next place until you finally do find that job that you love, that you're going to be successful no matter what because you're going to be happy. But look at them as stepping stones, not annoying things. Gotcha. All right. So whenever you're out there, I get the sense like, all right, you're chasing the dream. You're chasing this goal that's out there. But at the same time, I get the sense that you probably stuck around because your brother's out there and you guys are just pushing each other. How much do you think that's played a factor in your success of just having someone, whether it's your brother or a family member or a best friend, just someone that just like believes in you and just like reminding you like, dude, don't quit. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Like you can do this. We can do this together. How big of a factor has that played in your success? Yeah, so for me, that was a huge factor. And what I always preach when I'm talking is you have to have some sort of mentor in your life. If it is, like you said, a best friend, a family member, a brother, uh, somebody out there that you can talk to and bounce ideas off of. I think that's, you know, let's talk about in real estate. When I got into real estate in that first six months, I hadn't sold anything. The first thing I did when I walked into that real estate company was I walked up to the biggest, baddest realtor in that company. And I said, my name's Josh Altman, and I work for you. And he looked at me and he said, what do you mean? I don't even know who you are. I said, listen to me. I said, any open houses you have that nobody wants to sit, I'm your guy. You need coffee or dry cleaning picked up, I'm your guy. Listen, I want to learn from you. I will do whatever it takes. And from there, I got to sit a couple open houses that nobody else ever wanted to sit because I had asked and I went after it. And the first seven out of ten deals I had ever gotten, I ended up picking up from open houses that were this other person's open houses. So that's kind of how it all got started. So like, where does that come from, though? The, I mean, just going up to some, like the top dude who just doesn't know you from Adam, I mean, he could totally blow you off and be like, kid, you're barking up the wrong tree right now, and you've bitten off way more than you can chew. So like, why, what makes you decide to do that versus just trying to figure it out on your own? Okay, so that's a great question. When I grew up, I grew up, my brother and I, with a mentality. It was what we live by today, which is called ready, fire, aim mentality. And what that means is that we always take chances, and when there's an opportunity in front of us, we jump at that opportunity. We don't sit back and think about it because somebody else can take that opportunity. If we have a good idea, we just go after it. So we've taught ourselves to recognize these opportunities, and even if we do fail, let's say that guy said no, it's all about bouncing back, redirecting, and finishing where we started and if it was with somebody else. But if you don't take the chance, you'll never know. I always tell this story about the time that I was at the gym one morning. I had nothing to do that whole day. I was a realtor at this time, but nothing on schedule. I'm running next to a guy who looks familiar. His name's Tyler Perry. I tap him on the shoulder. I go, hey, Tyler, my name's Josh Altman. I'm a high-end realtor. He says, okay, cool, and then he keeps on running on the treadmill. I then tap him again. I say, listen, if you're ever looking to sell your house, I know where you live because you're a celebrity in L.A., and everybody knows where celebrities in L.A. live. You know, I'm your guy. Anyways, I continued the conversation, and I ended up getting his phone number. I ended up showing the house later that afternoon to a client. By the end of the day, I had double-ended an 11 and a quarter million dollar sale of Tyler Perry's house. 
If I didn't tap him on the shoulder when I was running next to him for, you know, 10 minutes, and trust me, I didn't do it right away. I thought about it and said, should I tap him on the shoulder? No, I don't want to bug the guy. You know, what if he says no and you think about the rejection? But we trained ourselves to just do it, okay? It's kind of like Nike, just do it. Go out there and get it and, and seize the opportunity. And so that's kind of the mentality that we live by is that ready, fire, aim. And that's why we do things like that. You've got to go after it. Nothing's going to fall on your lap. Unless you're a trust fund person and you know how much money you're getting every month, you've got to go out and get it. There's no such thing as being shy. You tell everybody what you do every time you get an opportunity. You think most people have that? Like, is that something that can be taught or is that just something like, I just grew up like that? Like you said, East Coast, Boston, grew up with a good family that taught me to hustle. Or do you think people can learn? Because I think a lot of people, it's like, I don't think that most people listen to this are just lazy and hope that life just magically works out by just clicking my heels together and hopefully it all falls into place. But at the same time, I don't know that everybody goes to the other end of the spectrum like, I have the drive that I'm going to make this work. I'm going to be successful. So is that something that can be learned? And if so, how do we go about getting that type of drive for what it is that we're trying to pursue? So yes, it can be learned, which is why you got to go out and you got to buy my book called It's Your Move because I talk about that. I talk about that mentality and how I got to that mentality and how you too can also do that. I also talk about something called calculated confidence, which is you've been through so many experiences and so many learning experiences that you have to use those in order to make quick decisions and trust your gut. So I talk about that as well and how to build that. Listen, growing up, I did horrible on my SATs. I was one of the worst students in my school. And if you asked anybody if I was going to be successful when I was in grade school or high school, they would have laughed. So it wasn't something I grew up with, but it was something that I learned through all the, uh, I'd say, downs in my life and everything that I learned from those situations. Nice. All right. So you're early on, you flip that first condo. Sounds like you go on to flip a couple others. You go on to uh, decide to start getting into the mortgage side of it. You start to sell some of it. How, like, how have you grown your business over time? Like, what have been some keys that have just made it work for you to the level that you're at now? Well, a couple. One, you got to be, like I just said, you got to be 24-7. And that doesn't mean that you can't go to bed, but it means that you have to be able to see an opportunity when it's in front of you and jump on it. That's number one. Number two, you got to figure out a way to separate yourself from everybody else. Listen, I was an East Coast kid that came out to Los Angeles with nothing. How am I going to separate myself? How am I going to beat out these guys or girls that were born and raised here, that have connections? What's going to separate you from everybody else that's doing the same job where you're going to stand out and get more opportunity than somebody else? So you got to figure out a way. Listen, I'll give you a, a funny example of separating yourself. I was asked to be on the show Million Dollar Listing. I go home, I watch all the episodes. While I'm watching it, I'm watching and I'm saying to myself, man, nobody on the show wears suits. What's wrong with everybody? I mean, this is a business, right? You want to be successful in business. The little things that I did to separate myself from everybody else on the show were as simple as putting on a suit. So every time I filmed, I was in a suit. So that way, I may, you may like me, you may not like me, but I was the guy who was all business all the time. And today, obviously, everybody knows me for my suits. But there are little things that separated me from my competition that got me ahead a lot quicker. So look, I'm not saying you got to go out and buy a $3,000 money suit, but what I am saying is you have to figure out how to separate yourself from everybody else doing the same thing that you're doing that's going to allow you to stand out. And the other thing is you got to be hard on yourself. You got to push yourself. You got to have goals. So I've always been big on having goals. I was the dream board guy. Listen, when I was in the mortgage company before I had money, I had 
four things in big, bold, red letters, and I still have this piece of paper today. And it was my goals as a, you know, as a 24, 25-year-old kid. And it was, you know, Range Rover, $2 million house. It was a bunch of, of money stuff that's probably not that important in life. But at that point, it was important to me, and it motivated me. You've got to figure out what fuels your fire, what pulls you from the inside in order to be successful. You know, most jobs or especially commission jobs, people aren't going to call you and, and tell you to get up in the morning and work hard. That's on you if you want to be successful. So you have to find something inside of you that pushes you. If it means that you want to help out your sick mom, use that as motivation. If it means that you want to put your kids through college, use that as your motivation. You've got to find out what motivates you. Well, let's talk for a second about the show. So how did that come to be? Was that already going on before you came into the picture? Yeah, so the show's been on for eight years. I've been on there for five years. They had contacted me when they wanted to replace one of the old realtors on the show. I had just started getting really successful in real estate. I was in the newspapers a lot, and that's when I got the call. And to be honest with you, my first reaction was like, uh-uh, no way. Right. I've worked so hard to get back to where I am. I'm not going to do this again and then allow somebody to have, you know, full reign on editing me and putting me on national TV. So... I don't know what it was, and I think, I, oh, well, I actually do remember what it was. The reason I went in for the interview was because my brother Matt said, Josh, you're like, what's the worst that can happen? The number one thing as a real estate agent is you want people to know what you do. Because I always talk about how you've got to let everybody know what you do. So they may like you, they may not like you, but at least they know that you're a realtor. So anyways, I go in for the interview, then I get a call back the next week, and then next week, and about seven interviews later, they end up offering me the gig. And we had always played it as, because at this point, Matt and I were business partners, my brother. We always played it as, look, worst comes to worst, he'll be the face of the company. And that was, that's how we did it. We said, well, look, if we get one year of this, it could be cool. The year goes by. If we get two seasons of this, it's great. Two go by, three, four, five, and now it's, you know, so it's season eight, my fifth now, and I've had cameras in my face for the last five years, and it's been a hell of a ride. There's been a lots of ups and downs, uh, lots of learning experiences. But, you know, at the end of the day, I wouldn't trade it for anything. And I can look back and, you know, I'm part of something that has been, you know, quite a ride, let me tell you. Yeah, for sure. It's the type of show that's very fascinating. It's a very educational opportunity. It's also it makes for good TV. So you've got a variety of personalities on the show for both the uh, the LA and the New York edition. So always interesting to watch there. So again, I'd encourage people to stop by and uh, check that out on Bravo. All right, let's talk about this for a second. Let's talk about the book. So uh, you've alluded to it a couple times. It is out in stores all over the map right now. It's your move. Give us a snapshot of what the book's about. So it's called It's Your Move, and it's my million-dollar methods for taking risks with confidence and succeeding in both work and life. It is not just about real estate. It's for anybody out there who's in either in a situation where they're just not happy where they are currently in life and they want to you know, step up their game to the next level or make a switch to, just like we had talked about before, people who are doing well who just want to take it to the next level. I put all my experiences in this book. I really put myself out there, not just from, you know, moving out here, but even before from growing up and the things that I learned from each experience. You got to go buy this book if you want to step your game up. I'm telling you, as you heard, I've, I've come from nothing. I worked my way up. 
I lost it all, and now I'm back again. And those experiences mold me into who I am. I can relate to a lot of people because of the way that I got to where I am today. So we put those in there, all the tips to success. And it's really something, it took me about three years to write. I put some, you know, some of the craziest deals I ever negotiated. I talk about, you know, I hold the record for the most expensive one bedroom ever sold for $21.5 million. You know, sitting at the table with some of the toughest negotiators on the planet has really molded me in a certain type of salesperson and a certain type of mentality. It's all in there. And I, you know, it's a fun read. It's not too hard. You probably could bust it out in a night or two. So definitely go out there and pick it up. I'm telling you, it will help you in whatever situation you're in right now. Why do a book in the first place? I mean, it's not like you've got no shortage of things to do. So why do a book? I started about two and a half years ago. I started speaking on the speaking circuit. It started with real estate, obviously. People wanted me to come out and talk about how I got to where I am and my story. Since then, when I started going to all these events, People would come up to me and they'd say, look, I got into real estate because of you. You know, I love the show. It inspired me to go out and, and be successful in whatever business I'm in. And I saw the impact that it had and I saw the opportunity that I had to give back, which was important because I know that there's so many people out there right now that are in the same exact position as I was in 12, 13 years ago. And they may be going through a tough time or they may want to switch a career or step up their career currently. This is my way of giving back. The reason why it took me so long is because I didn't have so much time to do it. But whenever, you know, I'd sit in my car and I'd look at my brother and I'd say, man, if people only knew the situation we were just in and what just happened. And that's how it originally started a few years ago was I got to put this down on paper because people are not going to believe this. I mean, listen, I have probably the longest list of celebrity clients than anybody on the planet in real estate. I've closed some of the craziest deals ever closed in residential real estate. The experiences we've had and the learning experiences dealing with a lot of these people and these deals, I had to tell people about it. I had to give back because I knew where I was, and it wasn't that long ago, 13, 12 years ago, where, man, I was down. I was down, I was out, and I had to figure out my next move. Good stuff. All right, hey, uh, I got a couple other questions. We're going to talk for the bonus round. We're going to talk a little bit about real estate itself for people that may be listening and going like, all right, I've always been intrigued by real estate. Obviously, you've got some experience in this. You seem to know what you're doing. So if I wanted to get started in real estate, what are some things I need to be considering or thinking about? How do I dip my toe in the water? So we're going to save that for the bonus round. But again, I'd encourage everyone to uh, buy the book at uh, online or offline, wherever you may find books. Again, It's Your Move by Josh Altman. Check out the TV show on Bravo, Million Dollar Listing, Los Angeles. Good stuff. So Josh, thanks for the time, man. We'll see you you can get it at uh, joshaltman.com. Awesome. We'll be sure and uh, link up to that as well. So Josh, we'll uh, chat a little bit more about real estate over in the, uh, the bonus round. Sound good? Sure. Let's do it. All right. There you go. Hope you enjoyed that chat with Josh Altman, author, speaker, realtor, just He's a busy dude. He's got a lot going on. So hope you enjoyed that. A lot of fun. Enjoyed that conversation myself. As always, make sure that you download the bonus material. Again, Josh and I, we stick around for a couple extra minutes. We talk about real estate. And for someone who may be interested in getting into real estate, then uh, we talk through some of those early steps and things you want to consider and uh, things that you want to look into. So definitely check that out. You can find that at the link within the show notes of this particular episode. So definitely check that out. As always, feel free to uh, subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Leave us a rate and review. And as always, email me if there's anything at all I can help you with, support you on your journey to find and do work you love. Let us know and would love, 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 love to help you out. Also, one more final reminder. 
as many of you may know, I do a lot of speaking myself and I've been a full-time speaker for about the past seven or eight years or so. So a lot of people ask me about speaking. So we've put together a free email course that you could check out. You can find that by going directly to bookedandpaidtospeak.com. Again, that's bookedandpaidtospeak.com. A lot of people email me saying, Grant, what do I need to do to get started as a speaker? What are some of those early steps I need to take? So rather than just sending off a bunch of random emails to people, we put together a nine email course that walks you through exactly what you need to know in order to get booked and paid to speak. So again, you can find that over at bookedandpaidtospeak.com. Again, that's bookedandpaidtospeak.com to get your free nine email course about how to get started as a speaker. All right, that wraps up today's episode, boys and girls. We will catch you next time. You're awesome, my friends. Thanks for listening to the How Did You Get Into That podcast with Grant Baldwin. Don't forget to visit grantbaldwin.com for all the show notes and links discussed in today's episode. We'll see you next time.